Section three of The Seen and the Unseen by Richard Marsh. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sonia. Two. The Photographs. Chapter two. Well, I've done it. There were in the office, when Dr. Livermore made this remark, the governor, Mr. Dodsworth, the chief warder, and the doctor. You were all of you present when I made my little trial so as to the conditions under which that trial was made i presume that we are all agreed what i photographed was the man george sully there was no one else there to photograph upon that point there can be no doubt whatever is that not so mr paley certainly no one else was there that is within the range of your camera just so i mean within the range of my camera so that there can be no reason why the result should not have been satisfactory no reason with which i am acquainted none whatever are the results not satisfactory wait one moment and you shall judge for yourself as you are aware i went one better than mr dosworth i exposed four plates as each plate was exposed i sealed it up in your presence without even glancing at it myself directly i reached home i forwarded the sealed plates to a firm in town to be developed i mentioned to no one that i intended to do so i have mentioned the fact of having done so to no one since i simply instructed that firm to develop the plates in the ordinary way to print six impressions from each and to return both prints and plates to me the results have only reached me this morning here they are there cannot be the slightest doubt that these are my plates that they have not in any way been tampered with that they have simply been developed by ordinary processes and that these prints are merely reproductions from the plates yet when i saw these prints i did what i think you will do i stared mr paley here is the result of the first exposure the doctor handed mr paley a photograph the governor directly he saw it gave utterance to an exclamation doctor you are dreaming i assure you i am not mr dodsworth allow me to hand you a print from the first exposure mr murray allow me to hand you one mr dodsworth you perceive that the laugh is now upon your side the photograph which the doctor had handed round was not the photograph of a man at all but of a woman she was costumed in ordinary feminine attire she wore no covering on her head she was seated squarely on the chair on which prisoners were wont to sit when enjoying the luxury of having their likenesses taken at their country's expense she was looking straight at the camera and in the eyes there was a certain defiance and upon her face a look of stern resolute determination which is not in general to be noted upon the countenances of those triumphs of the photographer's art with which we adorn our albums honestly doctor inquired the governor aren't you having a little joke at our expense or perhaps you have made a slight mistake in giving us one print for another are you aware that the portrait you have given us is not the portrait of a man at all but of a woman i am aware of it and of a woman who to my eye has the light of a great purpose in her face 
there can be no doubt that that woman was sitting in george solly's chair and where is george solly then that i cannot tell you but as mr dodsworth remarked the other day and i shall have to make my apologies to mr dodsworth it is a well-authenticated fact that the camera cannot lie on this occasion it has seen something which was concealed from our less sensitive vision mr paley laid down the photograph with that acid yet courteous smile for which the governor was famous and where is the result of the second exposure is the woman still sitting in george solly's seat no she has left it and this time as you see we have at least george solly's face here is the result of the second exposure the doctor handed round another photograph in this the man solly was seated in the usual attitude holding out the slate and the woman was kneeling before him her profile was towards the camera and she had just rubbed out the name upon the slate at any rate the slate was blank isn't that a remarkable photograph asked the doctor i mean a remarkable photograph from any and every point of view just look at the expression on the woman's face and at the suggestion of complete unconsciousness on the face of the man she looks as though she could and would do anything he seems to be wholly innocent even of the knowledge of her presence there this photograph is in some respects not unlike one of mr dodsworth which makes the thing the more remarkable but i want you particularly to observe that the slate which solly holds is blank now i ask all of you whether at any moment during the time i was exposing the plates that slate was blank certainly not declared chief warder murray the others by their silence acquiesced in mr murray's declaration if i could trust my eyes during the whole time i was exposing the plates the words george solly were there ostentatiously there upon that slate you see that in that print the slate is blank now look at this this is the result of the third exposure in the fresh photograph which the doctor produced a curious change had taken place the blank upon the slate was occupied a name was written on it from corner to corner it seemed that it had just been written by the woman because the handwriting was feminine and with her face towards the camera still kneeling on the ground before the man george solly she pointed at it with a sort of defiant rage as though she gloried in the fact of having written it and dared them to deny the suggestion it conveyed now what do you think of that cried dr livermore you will remember that these exposures followed each other at intervals of perhaps a couple of minutes just now the slate was blank now the blank is filled the name george solly remained upon the slate throughout the several exposures as far as we could see but george solly is not the name with which the woman during the couple of minutes which intervened between the two exposures has filled the blank mr paley was peering through his spectacles at the name which in the photograph appeared upon the slate it is certainly not george solly it looks like evan evan it's evan Bradell. the thing's as clear as day evan Bradell. so it is 
really doctor this is in its way remarkable but i venture to say that the most remarkable part is still to follow we had first of all the woman sitting on the chair on which if we can trust the evidence of our senses throughout no one but george solly sat then we had the woman having rubbed out the name upon the slate george solly now upon the chair then we had the woman having substituted the one name for the other george solly still upon the chair and now in this fourth exposure you will see that not only has the woman gone but george solly has vanished too and in george solly's chair is seated another man here it is look for yourselves it was as the doctor said in the fourth photograph the woman had disappeared there was the familiar chair but the individual who was seated on it bore not the least resemblance to solly to begin with this individual with the exception of the hat he was hatless was clad in commonplace civilian costume decorous frock coat and the rest of it but it was not only a question of difference of clothing he was altogether a bigger and an older man than solly and he dandled on his knee with an air of curious discomfiture the slate on which was inscribed in a clear feminine hand the name evan Braddell. while his hearers continued to examine the result of the fourth exposure the doctor delivered himself of a few observations while i do not wish to suggest that we are in the presence of a manifestation from the supernatural i do insist that we are at any rate so far in the presence of a mystery i doubt if any photographer ever before discovered that while he supposed himself to having been photographing mr brown he had in reality been photographing miss smith i want you to note one or two points which strike me about the affair and which may lead to a possible solution first of all there is the presence of the woman in mr dodsworth's original plate it requires no strong effort of the imagination to suppose that the veiled figure at the back of the chair is that of a woman in mr dodsworth's subsequent three plates the woman is certain in my first three plates she is if possible more certain still and just observe that mr dodsworth's woman and my woman are identical she has changed her dress but the woman is the same possibly mr paley you will be able to offer us an explanation of how it is that mr dodsworth and i should both of us have been photographing a woman whom neither of us have ever seen mr paley leaned back in his chair he looked up at the ceiling he pressed the tips of his fingers together and he preserved that silence which is golden it is to be noted that the attitude of the woman is throughout one of protection to the man and defiance to us of defiance that is to the manipulator of the camera she first of all in mr dodsworth's plate tries to hide the name upon the slate then she actually with her own person conceals the man in my first plate she confronts me boldly as if to give me to understand that it is with her i have to reckon then she rubs out the name upon the slate she writes another in its place and having substituted one name for the other she seems by a mere effort of will to have effected an exchange of men george solly is gone evan Braddell occupies his place 
she appears as solly's guardian angel resolute at all hazards to prove that she is on his side and she seems to be making frantic efforts to express her unwavering faith in solly's innocence even going so far as to point out the man on whose shoulders the guilt should properly be laid the doctor paused and the governor spoke with regard to dr livermore's fanciful explanation of the somewhat peculiar circumstances connected with these photographs and the doctor will excuse me if i say that i did not think that he was capable of such flights of imagination laugh away mr paley he laughs longest who laughs last quite so doctor quite so with regard to your guardian angel theory about a woman watching over solly and so on i may mention that a letter has been received in the prison addressed to the man solly which comes from a woman from a woman who is apparently his wife whoever she is she is if one may judge from the evidence of the letter itself certainly a remarkable woman and i am bound to allow that in view of recent events and of what we have heard from dr livermore this letter is in a sense a coincidence in pursuance of the powers which are invested in me to make such use of convicted prisoners letters as may appear to me to be justified by circumstances i will read to you this letter which has been sent to the prison addressed to solly the governor read aloud the following letter it sounded strange in his cool clear slightly acid tones one fancied that it had been written in a different spirit to that in which it was read my own dear noble husband god bless you sweetheart i hope you realize my dear that i am with you in canterstone jail not only in spirit but actually and in fact i am with you in the morning when the bell rings and you rise from your plank bed i am with you on the treadwheel love and i am proud to keep step at your side and i am with you when in the evening you lie down again upon your plank i lie down on the plank beside you and i creep into your arms as i used to do when i had you at home and as i will do when soon i have you home again my love do not think that i speak figuratively i have been with you all the time that you have been in jail i have been ever at your side i have seen all that you have done although i do not think sweetheart that you have been conscious of my presence i have kissed you many times upon the lips although i do not think that you have felt my kisses there but now that you know that i am with you always and ever and that i often kiss you watch for me dear husband something i am sure will reveal to you my presence and you will feel my kisses but do not think because i am ever with you in the jail that i am not outside as well because indeed i am there has come to me during this our time of sorrow i know not from whence or how a dual personality i am with you there i shall be with you sweetheart when you read this letter watch for me i shall be leaning over your shoulder as your eyes light upon these words and i am here watching and working to establish the truth and the truth is coming out i know whose is the guilt it is his whom we both of us suspected from the first and soon it shall be proved by his own conscience 
and by me so the time is drawing very near when your innocence shall be made known to all the world i would not say so if i was not sure god bless you sweetheart and god permit me to continue with you in your cell it will not be for long and god has been so good to us in spite of sorrows that i have the full assurance that he will not withhold from us this further boon my own dear noble husband i am the happiest and the proudest woman in the world because i am able to write myself your wife a queer letter observed mr murray when the governor had finished reading i should say off-hand remarked mr dodsworth that that woman must be wrong in the head the doctor smoothed his shaven chin with his open palm before he spoke i am not so sure of that but of one thing i am sure i am sure i know who is the original of the woman in the photographs the governor glanced up from the letter which he still held in his hand who is it the woman who wrote that letter george solly's wife the governor appeared to consider the matter for a moment that is a point that can be very easily decided murray go and fetch george solly here the chief warder departed when in the course of a few minutes he returned with the object of his quest it was seen that george solly was a young man of perhaps six or seven and twenty years of age the prison costume which he wore was not a thing of beauty but its ugliness was not sufficient to conceal the fact that he was a man of gentle breeding and not only of gentle breeding but of modest bearing he was fair with clear brown eyes and well-shaped mouth and chin not by any means the criminal type of man and he was a man of quiet fortitude despite that ghastly uniform there was about the man a certain dignity directly he had taken up the regulation stand at attention attitude in front of the governor's table mr paley held out to him a photograph solly whose portrait is that as soon as solly's glance fell upon the portrait which he took from mr paley his eyes moistened and his lips twitched has she sent it to me may i have it sir whose portrait is it solly but the man appeared unconscious of the governor's inquiry he continued to gaze steadfastly upon the portrait and he said as if he had forgotten that any one was present beside the portrait and himself in a tone of voice whose tenderness to a toneless pen is indescribable how came she to be sitting on that chair and what a strange look she has upon her face my darling in the presence of those iron-bound officials he kissed the face which was imaged in the photograph i don't think you can have heard my question solly whose portrait is that whose my wife's are you not aware of that has it not come from her for me no the governor held out his hand give it to me solly shrank back a little he seemed to hold the portrait with an intenser grasp then he gave it back to mr paley that portrait is the property of the prison i merely wish to know if you recognize the subject here is another portrait solly can you tell me who is the original of this solly stared as though he could not quite make out the purport of the proceedings he held out his hand rather doubtfully for the fresh photograph which the governor passed to him by way of the chief warder 
but when his glance fell upon the photograph he started and he stared and he stared and he started as though he could not believe the evidence of his own eyes it it can't be at last oh my god at last the man's emotion was intense but the governor paid no heed to that whatever he repeated his inquiry in his cool clear acid voice are you acquainted with the original of that photograph am i aren't i oh mr paley have they found it out have they discovered it was he am i to have my freedom is it known at last that i was innocent be so good as to answer my question solly are you acquainted with the original of that photograph certainly i am here is his name written on the slate it is evan Bradle. from the first i suspected him i even suspected that it was his deliberate intention to lay the onus of his guilt on me god knows why i never did him harm is he in custody upon another charge or how comes it if he is in custody for the crime of which they found me guilty guilty me that i have heard nothing of it and that i am not set free the man's tones were hot and eager the governors as ever were cool and clear and acid solly give me back that photograph that also is the property of the prison as in the case of the other i merely wish to know if you were acquainted with the original i would advise you solly not to buoy yourself up with any hopes that the verdict which has been pronounced against you will be revised or that the term of imprisonment which was allotted you will be diminished i have heard nothing which would lead me to suppose anything of the kind indeed i have heard nothing about your case either one way or the other since you were tried i merely sent for you here to put to you certain formal questions that is all as the words were uttered in the governor's judicial monotonous tones the man shrank back as though he had received a blow there is another matter solly which i wish to mention to you a letter has been received in the prison addressed to you it infringes one of the prison rules which requires that every communication intended for a prisoner should be signed in full with christian and proper names moreover the letter is couched in language which i cannot in some respects call proper nor calculated to increase your peace of mind while you are here however i am informed that your conduct has so far been satisfactory and i am therefore disposed to waive these matters upon this occasion but you must distinctly understand that upon another occasion i shall not do so mr moray see that this man has in the dinner hour the letter which has been addressed to him and the governor handed the chief warder george solly's letter end of section three